Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Pakistan in a world tournament, should we have expected any different? With no win in their last 11 ODIs, comprehensively beaten by England in the warm-up series, thrashed in their World Cup opener against West Indies, of course they were going to beat the tournament favourites, never in doubt. The wily old professor Mohamed Hafiz masterminded a total of 3-4-8-4-8 before Wahab Riaz and Mohamed Amir, who weren't even in the original World Cup squad, held their nerve at the death to counter centuries from Joe Root and Joss Butler. Pakistan winning by seven wickets at Trent Bridge. Welcome to the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host, Joe Harmon, and I'm joined by Phil Walker, Editor-in-Chief of Wisden Cricket Monthly. Phil, welcome. Yeah, surprise, surprise, it's me, Joe. Hello. <laughs> welcome again. Uh, let's get straight into it, Phil. What was your moment of the day from a pretty uh, extraordinary match in lots of ways? Um... <laughs> Okay, my moment of the day is every time Baba Azam breathes, okay, every time he takes guard, every time he just surveys the field and allows those beautiful hands to do what they do. But my specific moment is actually a little bit, little bit glass half empty, but it's quite instructive, I think, because England fielded badly today. They yeah, fielded like dogs today. And it was bizarre to watch, having, having seen such a, a consummate performance on Thursday against South Africa in the first game. Um, and without, without wanting to lump on Jason Roy, you know, he, he was the most culpable. He, he dropped a catch that he would genuinely take 99 in 100, I would say. Um, yeah. It was a steepler at long off, but he had ages to position himself. He didn't really have to move from his position, and it was Hafiz. For a guy, for a guy who's taken some of the best catches you've ever seen as uh, well. Amazing at backward point, yeah. a liability at long off. I mean, <laughs> try and make, make, your sense, make some sense of that. So... So Hafiz wasn't on many at the time. Fourteen. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I've clearly done my research here. Uh, and he went on to make an eighty odd in sixty balls, uh, the the biggest, um, most significant innings certainly of Pakistan's World Cup so far. Um, and he really, he kind of took it, Pakistan into the realms of of you know the unbelievable for them really three thirty, three forty, three four eight in the end, uh, and it was twenty odd too many for England. Um, and Roy's fumble just seemed to encapsulate their, their troubles in the field that began in the first over, really, when it was tickled down to Joffre Archer at, at long leg, and, and he kind of fumbled it and almost kicked it, almost tripped over it before winging it back in, and, and, and it set the tone for the day. You saw a number of examples, even down to a good old-fashioned four overthrows, some buzzers in the last in the dying moments. James of Vince came on and misfielded as well. Yeah, it's never great when your twelfth man comes on and just wasn't wasn't really paying attention at, at, yeah. at that stage. Yeah, there, there was there was another for, from Roy as well at long on, threw it in on the bounce and it trickled through, and they yeah. scampered another single. You know, and it's okay. We've been here before, but yeah, these little marginals um, in fifty-over cricket are absolutely crucial, and and England who have been searching. Um, in vain for perfection because it doesn't exist in, in sport will be 
they'll be spitting tonight. They'll be really sore tonight. Not that they've lost the game, but the, the nature of the way that they've lost it. Well, their fielding against South Africa almost was perfection, wasn't it? I mean, Stokes' catch was kind of beyond perfection. Apparently, it's the second best that they've fielded since 2015, officially, according to their, their analysts. Interesting. Uh, okay, well, it'll be interesting to see where today compared, because it would certainly be right down the bottom, I think, today. Um, my moment is, is at the other end of the match. Um, Wahab Riaz... You hadn't played an ODI in two years before this tournament. Um, apparently, back in the back in the side, based on his performances in, in the PSL, as I yeah. obviously I wasn't didn't see these at the time, but that's yeah. that's the that's the that's the story. Um, always seems to find his best at World Cups. Uh, took a five for in the final against uh, India in 2011. Um, bowled perhaps the best spell of the last World Cup. Uh, had hot Shane Watson hopping and jumping yeah, in, the quarter in that final, quarterfinal. Yeah. Both ended in defeats, but he's got a brilliant record in World Cups, which obviously would have helped his case when it came to the final squad selection. And he found that little bit of reverse wing towards the end. Mo and Ali, who had a bit of a he had a tough time, he looked looked out of sorts. I want to come to Mo in a bit. Yeah, I want to come to him. Uh, it was that time when. Mo in form at that point was the perfect man to come to the crease but for such a beautifully elegant batsman when it's not going right for him it can look like he just can't get it off the square and that was unfortunately the, the theme today um, so yeah Riaz who then who finished it off with, uh, with a brilliant catch having taken two I think two wickets as well uh, it was a real kind of uh, for, a, for an old bloke who's been around the block it was a kind of Another return for him. Uh, and Pakistan needed that strike bowler as well. Yeah, Wahab's your classic three for 80 and 10 overs to win Great, the isn't game, it? isn't he? Yeah. Um, don't ever change, Pakistan. You know, the best laid plans of mice and men and all of that. They've been in England for six weeks or so. They played five ODIs. In 92, they went to Australia a month, a full month before that tour, uh, that tournament, that rather, right? um, to try and acclimatise to Australian conditions. Then uh, went one in five. Uh, and that one being against Zimbabwe, of course, before turning it around, playing desperate cricket and winning that tournament. This time round, they spend a month getting used to a month and more getting used to English conditions. Went over to Ireland as well, of course. Played last week, didn't even look like a cricket team. Uh, and then they start to play their more natural, desperate, seat of the pants type type cricket. And they were they were fabulous and compelling. I thought today. I don't mean this in a in a condescending way, but this was a much bigger game for Pakistan than it was for England, wasn't it? You'd oh, say after, yeah, yeah. after the start that Pakistan had had, and they'd, also, they'd lost eleven in a, in a row, uh, albeit five of those are against England, but they've lost eleven in a row. Uh, they would have been the six or seven to one shot today. Uh, so now, where where did Pakistan go next, or do we just do we just, we just have no idea? Should we just admit we have no idea and leave it there? Well. It was interesting that Hafiz got, got runs because Hafiz is very much a feast and famine player. He's obviously on his last legs as an international cricketer. But if Hafiz can hold that middle order together, then I think it, it enables the openers who are exciting, the two lefties, Imam Al-Haq and uh, Fakhar Zaman, enables them to play with freedom. It enables Baba Azam to do what Baba Azam does. Uh, he made a beautiful 60-odd in, uh, runner ball today and he will continue to play that that anchor role. Um, and with Safraz and Shoaib as well in the middle order, plus, crucially, Asif Ali as well. Now, you know, his personal story is, is, is a very touching and moving one. His daughter died very recently. He returned to the team today. And it, although he only made 14 in 11 balls. An incredible six in there as well. It was, yeah. yeah. And it, it would have gone for six, the, the shot that he played, and Bairstow plucked it out of the air above his head. Yeah. 
that they have the right kind of balance, to be honest, to to bother the last stages of this tournament. Shadab Khan as well, probably probably was the bowler of the day, I would say. Um, you know, he got Jason Roy out in the in his first over, and he um, and he came back well as well in his second and third spells. Uh, and he's a, he's a top class young bowling all rounder. So they do have variety, they do have personality. Uh, they're not from top to bottom the most polished of cricket teams. Of course they're not. But what you've seen today is um, further confirmation that this tournament will throw up all kinds of results. You mentioned there, Shadab, uh, opened the bowling as Imran Dahir did yeah. against England in the first Good game. Moves. Took moves. Tahir took Besto out. Shadab did the same with Roy today. England are going to have to get used to that, aren't they? I mean, any side in their right mind are going to throw a couple of overs of spin in there to start, start an innings. Yeah, they had to find, the international community had to find a way um, to, to stem the flow from, from Roy and Bairstow. Um, uh, they've done their homework on Roy. They've done their homework on Bairstow. Bairstow struggled a little bit against the ball, turning away from him in the IPL. And Roy's record against leg spin in 20 and 50 overs is not great. So serving up medium fast, outside off stump, you're just going to go the distance against those two. Uh, it's a very smart move, um, started by Faf, and I would imagine it's going to be repeated by a number of captains down the line. It, it was it was odd to watch Roy though because he walked off. In fact, kind of tellingly, the last ball of Pakistan's innings flew past him at long off. Now he couldn't get near it, but he he had to pick himself up off the turf and trudge off, go and get a sandwich, go and put his pads on, and he would have been really down in the dumps, I think, Roy, after that fielding performance. Um, and it was no, it was no fluke. I don't think that he came out, bashed a couple of fours off a couple of long hops, and then tried a silly shot, a shot of a of, of a player whose mind would have been a bit scrambled by the by the, the fates of the day. And he tried to sweep a Yorker, a straight Yorker mm. from a leggy, um, compounded and, by a silly review. Yeah, which was shocking. And I think Bestow's got to help him out there as well, because obviously he he wants to carry on batting. He's got the adrenaline pumping. Bestow, uh, who to be fair does generally think everything's out yeah. on, on this occasion <laughs> yeah. clearly out not out gives his partner a, a brief lifeline but obviously the third umpire stayed stayed with the same same decision there um it's funny that we get to this point uh what 15 minutes into it to our latest little chat about cricket joe and we haven't even mentioned root and butler who both made sparkly it was on my list <laughs> was it, it, was, really? it was on my list i have done my prep um, first team ever uh, in World Cups to have two Centurions and lose a game. Right. Stat. Not in my prep. Didn't know that. Okay. Uh, I will count counter your stat with a stat, <laughs> uh, if that's all right. Uh, so Roots now has 15 ODI 100s. Yep. That's three clear of the next English batsman. Scholic. Uh Yep. Uh, and his career, career strike rate is 87, uh, which is the same as Chris Gale, the same as Rohit Sharma. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Only slightly less than Virat Kohli. He's a modern we, day master. Do we, even though we think he's brilliant, do we still underestimate just how good he is? Uh, if if we do, it's pure folly. It, that first innings after the 2015 horror show, he made a 73 ball hundred against New Zealand at three, uh, and strummed it, and then made another hundred later on in that series, and since then. He's just carried on. I don't know what he averaged over the last 18 months, but I knew up until recently it was something like 75 to 80 over over 18 months of ODI cricket. He is far and away England's finest batsman of our lifetime. Um, and what you see 
in the test game simply bleeds into the ODI game. Um, I do remember, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this to you, Joe, maybe familiarity, but I remember you saying to me a few years ago, I'm not sure if he's a one-day player. And in fairness, before that 2015 World Cup, there was, you oh, did, never I'm afraid said you that. Did. You're I'm thinking about Kemp, who's, who's left us. Maybe, I knew you'd bristle on this one. Um, <laughs> He, he proved as well in the T20 World Cup. T20 player, maybe. All right, fine. Not Just let it go. Cricket. Let it go. Let it go. You did say it, but it doesn't matter. Um, he, he made a brilliant 100 against Sri Lanka in the last tournament as well, didn't he? Where it, where it got funky towards the back end, reversed, reversed sweeps and reversed laps off the, off the quicks and so on. And that showed that, that he had the game for that, for that kind of cricket. And the last four years have absolutely proved it. As you know... I, I think that he'll be the top run scorer in the tournament. I think that he will... If England win it, Joe Root will be the player of the tournament. Uh, so that's Joe Root. Uh, a word on Joss Butler, who just just did what Joss does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's just the 73 ball 100 for him today, I think it was. Um, and he'll, he'll be sick tonight because he did what Root did. Yeah, he got close uh, to seeing, seeing the game home and, and slapped one to... To short third man off off a off a Moamir slower ball, we we are we 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 do take it for granted because there aren't words to describe what kind of talent Joss Butler is. Uh, I was listening to it on the radio actually, um, coming to do this show, and there was an assumption that he would he would just get it done. Uh, there is, with the exception of Coley and arguably Warner, maybe one or two others, there is no more complete. ODI batsman in the world than, than Joss Butler uh, and he has all the components to take English cricket into a new place a new dimension um, Stokes did what he did last week with that catch Butler over the course of the next six weeks he's, he's the man for me he's the man to, uh, to to drag English cricket into the nooks and crannies of British life that uh, it's, been, it's been lost to for so long well, watching Butler and Root's partnership today, I had no doubt they would finish the job from there. I was kind of in, in shock when it when it didn't materialise, which shows, given the numbers that were required, just the expectations that we have them now. I mean, it was nine and over, and I was like, oh, we'll do that, won't we? Which, which just goes to show, I mean, to be honest, if it wasn't a World Cup game and the pressure wasn't quite as high, maybe they would have got over the line. Maybe, maybe that had some impact on the way they went about things. But then also... Mo and Ali coming in at that stage, as we as we said, that's when they really needed someone to come and hit you. Thirty or fifteen, but the Mo wasn't wasn't in that kind of form, was he? No, it? and I wanted to come back to the mowing question. It seems odd to say England have got a bit of a problem at number seven, but when when you are talking about these fine margins, these tiny marginals that separate the you know the winners from the from the also rounds, Moen hasn't had a bat in a long time. He hasn't had a proper 20 overs, 25 overs to really have a run. And on the odd occasion when he has had time to bed down, he's just not looked at the races. Uh, and mowing when he's free, is gorgeous, as we know. But when the brain is a bit more cluttered, and it's going to be when you're under pressure, and it's going to be when you're chasing down a target, and it's going to be when the scoreboard's telling you it's nine and a halfs, tens, ten and a halfs and over, uh, then, he's, then he's fallible. He's fallible in there at number seven. Um, and if there is a it sounds crazy to say that it's a weakness for England and it might turn around for Moeen tomorrow I mean he's made 50 ball ODI hundreds you know so the boy can obviously play we know that Uh, but we see a lot of 50 over games are won 
in that engine room at five, six, seven, eight. And Butler can't do it all the time. And Stokes, you know, has had an indifferent year, let's be honest, with the bat. Uh, I don't know if there's any other option for England in that number seven slot. Do you? Can you see any other way around it? Um, not really. I mean, you could obviously you could put Wokes up to number seven, who I think could do a good job there. He he played much more fluently than, than Moen did today. I think the thing with Moen, he's obviously a phenomenally talented batsman, but he's probably not a natural finisher in that way. He fills that role in test cricket very well, but he gives himself a bit of time to, to play himself in. He's not someone, and there are very few in the world that can do this, that just comes in and thrashes the ball from ball one. Uh, and as you say, I think he's probably suffered from a little bit of um, lack of action out in the middle. Um, personally, I don't have any concerns long term. I think he'll be fine. I think today in some ways would have done him some good uh, that he did have some time in the middle in the pressurised situation. I, I just don't fancy him in that real pressure cooker when you, know, when you need 70 and 6, 70 and 6 overs. I, I don't really back Mo in those kinds of situations with the bat. You know, there's, Ice does not run through the bloke's veins. He's, he's more, of a, more of a free kind of cricketer. Incidentally, he bowled beautifully today. Mm. You know, three for 50 in the context of a game where 700 runs are scored, yeah. near enough. Uh, when he came on initially when Pakistan were absolutely flying in that first power play as well. Yeah, so there's no question that his place is absolutely assured in the side. But in a funny kind of way, if he batted four or five, that would probably free him up and he'd be able to kind of play his shots. But yeah, well, he was opening in the last World Cup. I mean, yeah. We all know he's batted in every position going in, in Test cricket, and he's batted in quite a few in, in the ODI stuff as well. Um, Jofra today had a had a merely mortal day. Not for eighty. Yeah, I think those, those his figures were a little harsh. I think he uh, beat the bat quite a lot early on. A um, couple of edges down to third man, didn't get his bounce quite right. He was getting clearly frustrated with the fact he had been called for for height wides. They were actually all correct. I think the umpire got them got them all bang on. I think there's maybe just a little bit more bounce in the pitch than he was expecting. Just mm-hmm. probably a little bit too short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he got got wound up, didn't he? he got riled up. He did. See. He, he did. And I hadn't, I haven't really seen that from him in, in any of the cricket I've seen him play. So obviously, it, it matters a huge amount to him, as it should. Um, as you say, he showed himself to be to be mortal today. Um, that in some ways makes him all the more likable. Uh, we've also got to remember that's that, that's a really good batting pitch. I mean, that is the yeah. that is the world famous, world record breaking batting pitch. So yeah. uh, none of the seamers. Uh, Went for probably under six and over, I wouldn't have thought. Mo Amir, perhaps around around that, but most of them went for a few. Uh, apart from Mark Wood, of course, who we haven't touched on, who maybe bowled as well as an o- in an ODI as I've ever seen him, possibly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be far off there either. And it looked like he had complete control over his over his body. He wasn't straining too fast, too no, much he, rather. And he was he he outpaced Jofra. Yeah. Um, obviously came in for Liam Plunkett, that little bit of extra zip off the pitch, and, and I thought he bowled with control and pace, and it was really, really good to see. Uh, I think the team that they picked today is pound for pound their, their go-to 11. I think if everybody's fit, this is the 11 that they're going to want to play. I listened to a bit of TMS, and um, Viv Richard said, every England side I pick, Mark Wood's in it. Really? Yeah, uh, he said he loves the bloke. Which perhaps shows maybe a lack of awareness about his injury problems over the years. Because I think most people would like Mark Woods in every single game they play. But that's the fact is that's just not possible. But yeah. it was great. Yeah, he said if Mark Wood was playing in that test series throughout uh, in the West, West Indies, then uh, England would have probably won it. Overall, uh, it's no bad thing that, that Pakistan have turned up today for the tournament, obviously. But for England's chances as well, do you think it has any lasting impact? 
Uh, I don't think so massively. I mean, there's obviously some things they need to sharpen up. Uh, it's not like any of the good work of the last four years has gone out the window because of, of this defeat against a, a, a very uh, inspired performance from Pakistan, who, as we spoke to Saj Sadiq the other day, he said that Pakistan are never better than when they're they're under pressure. In a sense, they've got nothing to lose, and that that was that was the situation yep. today. Uh, it's great for the tournament. Bit of a sickness for some England fans, but I think we'll we'll get over it. Um, and we've got Afghanistan and Sri Lanka to look forward to tomorrow. It's going to rain, unfortunately. Is it? it? Yeah, the weather forecast is not good. So I think it will be a shortened game at best. Oh, well, all eyes on Northampton then, Joe. All eyes on Wantage Road then tomorrow. Because, is that right? Yeah, because uh, Glamorgan, Glamorgan's Billy Root is the star show in the Root family this evening. It's worth mentioning, 229 in 252 balls for, for, wow. for Root Jr. today. Came in at 20 for 3. Um, you can ask me about my moment of the day. Billy Root's performance is my moment of the day. Um, and if there's anyone out there listening to this show from uh, who pretends to be Welsh and you know who I'm talking about, then there, there you go. There's your nudge to Billy Root. The next great England Rootster. You never know. Lovely. All right. Well, a day for more than 300 runs for the Root family. They'll take that, even if it, even if it meant an English defeat along the way as well. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Um, plenty more to come obviously this has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979 if you haven't heard enough from Phil and I uh, check out the Wisdom Extra Podcast which should be going live soon after this pod for an uh, in-depth look at the tournament so far and and featuring Neil Manthorpe crucially for a different voice it's not just us two it is us two but it's with another person as well Neil Manthorpe South African journalist uh, has got some interesting views on where South Africa can go from here and why AB de Villiers is is not in this World Cup squad Um, and of course don't forget to subscribe to uh, the Wisdom podcast on the podcast app or Spotify Podcast Network.